Welcome to the Dental Implant Podcast with your host, Pav Kara, your source of knowledge for all things relating to dental implants. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something valuable. I hope. Welcome back to the Dental Implant Podcast. Uh, it's me, Pav Kara. And I don't have a guest with me today. It's another one of those where I'm just rambling, unfortunately, so you'll have to make do. So what we're going to talk about today, quite simply, I thought that I would talk about the best implant system on the planet. So you're finally going to hear, which I think is the best implant system on the planet. And should we just skip to the end? I'll tell you exactly which implant system I think is best. Um, and then for those of you who don't want to listen any further, you don't have to skip to the end because it, it marks as that that has been listened to. That helps me out. Uh, there is no one singular best implant system on the planet. I'm sorry to tell you. So what do we have? We have every single implant company on the planet saying that their implant is the best. And I don't blame them for doing that. They are running a business. Okay. Sometimes these implant companies have very, very, very deep pockets and they, uh, they, they, they market aggressively, they sponsor courses, all sorts of things like that. Now, I'm not singling out any one company. I'm not saying that these are actually bad implants masquerading as, uh, as, as, as top quality implants. What I'm saying is there are certain parameters we need to look at when it comes to implants. When we understand those parameters, what we're looking at, and we understand how to use that particular implant, there's lots of different implants which will actually work very, very, very successfully. Uh, there are also some which I wouldn't predict, pre I wouldn't want to use so much for a number of reasons. But what we need to remember is when an implant company turns around and says, this is the best implant on the planet, that's not necessarily true. What we have is we have patience right in the middle of all of this. We have their biology to contend with. This is something that I'm teaching my delegates that the biology will reign supreme every single time. The osteoimmunology, the oxidative stress, the systemic inflammation that these patients uh, have. What does this mean? It means if I've got a sick patient and they've got high levels of systemic inflammation, oxidative stress, psychological stress, and their uh, osteoimmunological balance is off whack and all sorts of stuff like that. I can put in any implant that I want is not going to work or there's a significantly increased risk that it's not going to work, that it's not going to integrate. If I've got a fit and healthy patient I'm putting an implant into, you can almost use anything that you want. So we need to start thinking about, you know what, how do... I want to achieve the goals that I want to do. What, what, what's my treatment philosophies? Because if you are of the mindset that you would like to do pretty much everything immediate place, so you take a tooth out, you put it in straight away, the parameters that you need from your implants are very different to what you would need for uh, if you were doing everything delayed. So a big part of it, comes down to your treatment philosophy. So that's the first thing that I would say. So let's let, let's let's delve into this a little bit more. 
So I do a lot of uh, immediate implants. I do immediate implants in cases where people turn around and say, it's not possible to do immediate implants there. And I go, watch me. You know, I've got, I've got my protocols. I'm, 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 I'm really quite happy with it. There's ways to manage um, uh, sites and ridges and sockets, which other people would think are, are, are deemed uh, should be done on a delayed, on a delayed basis. What do I need from my implant in that position? Well, I generally need for the apex of the implant and for the threads of the implant to be more aggressive so that it will bind into that little bit of native bone which is, which is remaining. There are instances such as with immediate molars where sometimes you remove the tooth and you have what's called a tarnal type C socket where you have no interradicular bone. And what you end up relying on there is you end up relying on the macro geometry of the implants. So again, you need to understand what it is you're trying to achieve and how it is that you are trying to achieve that. So it doesn't just come down to the, the, the you know, how, how, pointed the apex is or how rounded the apex is or how aggressive those fins are. It's the overall macro geometry of the, of the implant as well. So let me give you an example. Um, I, I like Southern Max for, uh, for, for immediate molars. Why do I like them? Um, the nice wide bodied, um, and that has a whole host of benefits. When you put in a wide diameter implant, it, it gives you a, a massive number of benefits. Um, and there is, um, because of the macro geometry of the implant as well, is it binds really quite nicely into, in, 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 into the socket very, very nicely indeed. It also, uh, the X-hex version comes with a machined neck. Uh, you guys already know my, my thoughts on machine neck. Yes, I can get it to predictably integrate. Yes, I can, even on machine neck, I can ramp up the bone to implant contact ratio up to best part of 85, 86%. Um, so in, in that context, I'm really quite happy with that implant and the, the, the results that I'm getting very, very, very nice indeed. Okay. What's the other thing that I look at as well is one of the things that I, that is very, very important to me is the precision of engineering of the implants. This is really critically important. So the more misfit that you have, particularly at the implant abutment interface, the more titanium particles are going to be lost over time. Titanium particles will alter the osteoimmunological balance and you'll go from M2 polarization of macrophages to M1 polarization of macrophages. What does that mean? That means over time, your uh, implant is at significant risk of developing fibrous encapsulation and just falling out. That's what happens. So. The precision of the engineering is not just the, the, the implant itself. It's the connection. It's the, all the components that get fit into that as well. It all needs to be super precise. And this is one of the reasons I'm not massively keen on using third-party components. I prefer to use original components as far as possible. Now, we spoke about um, titanium ion release just a couple of minutes ago. So let's, let, let's circle back to that now. Another thing that's really important for me is that we're using 
commercially pure grade four titanium. So there, the, what the body of evidence suggests to us is that titanium particle release happens and it happens more in grade five alloy implants. And that is directly related to peri-implantitis, which we now know is because the osteoimmunological balance, which I've mentioned several times already. But it's not just that. It's the other, it's the other elements which are within grade five alloys. It's the aluminium, it's the vanadium, it's the whatever else it is that they should shove in there. They are significantly, significantly more cytotoxic than what than, than, than what titanium is. So in that context, I want to make sure that the implant that I'm using uh, is is manufactured and used and, and uses a certain type of titanium where you significantly reduce that 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 risk of 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 corrosion and again southern uh, uh, fit, fits that for me really quite nicely what else is it that i look at when it comes to implants so we spoke about the precision of the interface and how that the the abutments are, and, and how precisely they fit are just just as important there's a whole host of other factors which comes in as well so i want to make sure that when i am uh, 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 restoring uh, my implants. I'm not using cobalt chrome. I'm not using anything like that. I want to use. Um, I, I want to use t uh, titanium abutments. Now, I use. I tend to use uh, tie bases, so I can get a lot of polished zirconia in contact with the soft tissue. Uh, that works really, really nicely for me. Uh, uh, but um, and this this will be a topic for another time where when we get the prosthetics back from the lab that we need to um, uh, disinfect them properly as well. Uh, but that's a different topic. I'm going to circle back to the reason why that interface is so, so, so critically important between the, um, uh, uh, between the implant and the, uh, and the abutment. So as the misfit increases, firstly, bacteria can just walk straight into that interface. And it doesn't matter whether it's Morse taper um, you know, people talk about this cold weld. If the machine, if if the machining is not accurate enough, doesn't matter if you have a cold weld. You've got a massive, massive, massive space where where, where bacteria can get in. Um, and conversely, as well, um, if the precision of the machining and the engineering is high enough, then that that interface is is, is so tightly clamped together that you end up with a very, very, very stable connection. So I still hear it, unfortunately, obviously it's people who don't listen to this podcast. I still hear it when people turn around and say, X-Hex is an unstable um, uh, joint that uh, you're guaranteed to have bone loss around it, okay? I have placed several thousand X-Hex now, and uh, I've placed them subcrestally, and as a general rule of thumb, I do not get bone loss around them. Okay, that's for a number of reasons. That's because of the precision of the uh, implants that I use. That's that's down to the um, uh, uh, restorative protocols that I use. Uh, and it's also down to the fact that I use uh, uh, super integration. Now, the other thing that I want to make you aware of as well is, uh, and I'm trying to stay on track. I've got, a, I, I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware that once I get going, it's, I end up going off on tangents. I do apologize about that. Okay. 
Another thing that we want to be aware of as well is that when we are talking about the best implant system, a lot of implant systems want to make it easy for you. What's one of the reasons why they make it, how they make it easy for you? Well, really, quite simply, they give you one prosthetic platform and a number of different diameters of the implant, okay? The issue that I have with that is when you've got one prosthetic platform, particularly on the narrower implants, the necks of these implants can become compromised and they can become weak. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of different implant systems fracture uh, 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 over the years. So we need to bear in mind that, hang on, am I choosing the right implant, the, the correct implant diameter, the correct implant um, uh, connection, and everything like that for this particular patient? Because you've got to remember what works in one patient isn't going to necessarily work in, an, in another. Now, if you have a 25-year-old rugby playing six foot seven, uh, uh, you know, 120, 140 kilo guy who para functions, he's he's gonna he's gonna put very different forces through the implant than what a you know an, an 85-year-old lady would who doesn't who doesn't clench and, and, and grind her teeth. So, what will work in one may not necessarily work in the other. So, we need to bear that in mind as well. So I often get asked, you know, uh, uh, Pav, tell me more about the X-hex connection. You know, why are you saying it's stable when everybody else and, and the body of evidence suggests that it isn't? And what I, what I would bring your attention to is the body of evidence is based on very, very old um, uh, data. It's, it, it's, it's using lab protocols where you can't get a highly precise interface. It's using implants where the, machine, where the manufacturing process is nowhere near as refined as what we have it today. Um, and th th there is a nuance to it as well. Did you know that once you go above four millimeter diameter on an X-hex for each millimeter that you increase diameter, you, you increase the strength of that connection uh, of that implant abutment interface by 300%. So if you go from a four millimeter diameter implant to a six millimeter diameter implant, that connection is six times stronger. So another issue that I see people make is, is they will they will blanket, just use four millimeter diameter implant absolutely everywhere. You know, there's other data to suggest that, you know, um, yes, we need um, a bone, we need good soft tissue around an implant, but having too much bone, having too, having too much bone around an implant is actually detrimental. There's a direct correlation between the amount of uh, 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 trabecular bone around an implant and, and failure of the implants. And if we think about where most implants uh, uh, fail, it's in the posterior maxilla. What do we have there? We have huge um, amounts of trabecular bone. There is a direct correlation. Um, you know, I've spoken about uh, superosseous integration before. Um, my superosseous integration protocols, they work for any implant system. I've, I've said this before, I don't care whether it's uh, SL active, whether it's stored within a, a saline solution. The question that I've always put out is, do these saline solutions increase corrosion of the implant surfaces? Nobody knows. Uh, and if it increases uh, uh, corrosion of the implant surfaces, we're sat on a ticking time bomb, uh, or we're potentially sat on a ticking time bomb. I may be completely wrong, but for me, you know, performing superosseous integration, decarbonizing the implant chair side just before, just before it goes in is a 60 second job. 
it does not take long to do. And even if I was to take a, a, an implant which had an SL active surface and I decarbonized it before I went in, I'd still enhance the, 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 the bone to implant contact ratio. Okay. Um, so we need to bear all of that in mind. And then the flip side of this coin as well, going back to the whole, what's the best implant system on the planet? Um, the, the flip side to that coin as well, how easy are these things to restore? That's, a, that's, that's another question. Because I've come across some implants which they're beautifully surgically. Honestly, surgically, these things are so simple, so easy to use, great primary stability, integrate beautifully, really nice um, uh, crystal bone levels, although that's not necessarily the implant. That's, that, that's how it's done, uh, as I've mentioned before. But when it comes to restoring them, it's just, I'm just, I'm just in tears with it and I, I, I hate it. So for me, it's really important that the restorative aspect is not only precise, but it's very easy and it's very comfortable for me to do as well. So I personally think that all of these things combine in, uh, in, in, in giving you an implant system, which is great for you, for the type of work that you do. And you may find that you have a preference of a certain implant in a certain situation and then a different implant in different situations for patients. So you may, you may be one of these that has two, three systems. If you're like me, you may have like four or five systems in your bag because you get referred patients who are like uh, from, from dentists and like, can you use this system? Cause that, cause that's what I use to restore. It's fine. It's not a problem. Um, but what we need to understand is that do not listen to the marketing. Don't listen to the marketing. What the evidence suggests is if you get a good quality implant, one which is uh, grade four commercially pure titanium, one which um, uh, has a low level of corrosion long-term, one that's engineered to a very high standard, one which has uh, a very stable uh, implant abutment interface, one that's easy to restore uh, uh, um, surgically, one that, uh, one that works in soft bone types, another you may you may find that you have one implant system that works for soft bone types and another implant system that works for hard bone types, because the what you need to achieve appropriate initial torque value is the, your 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 implant your implant designs may be very 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 different as well. And this again is one of the issues that I have is you know a lot of the companies out there will turn around and say this one implant will 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 sort out all of your problems. Because they know that if they turn around and said, well, actually, you know what, for hard bone, you need this, for soft bone, you need this, then you need this, then you need this, it overwhelmed too many people. But now I'm reaching out to those people who's, the, the, so I'm reaching out on two aspects. One, to those who haven't started their journey, who, who want to start the journey, be mindful that, you know, if you, if you do a course that's sponsored by a company, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, that particular implant miraculously is the best implant on the planet planet and everything else is, is 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 secondary by comparison okay and for those of you who have started your journey and you're starting to hit these roadblocks these are the reasons why okay so put that whole thing of uh, of there's one perfect implant system to one side that does not exist there are certain parameters that we need to look at if you look at those parameters and i'm fully aware that i've probably got um implant companies listening to this 
uh, hating on me at the moment. Um, uh, but you know, what? I don't care. I'm here. I'm here, I'm here to educate you guys. I'm here to help you guys because that, that, that's, that's, that's my passion basically. But it's also the truth. The overriding factor by a very, very wide margin is the, uh, is the patient biology and you can manipulate patient biology. And I keep saying people are slowly starting to listen with regards to super integration. You, and you watch another 15 years from now, everybody will be doing it. When it gets to 15 years from now, remember, I've been doing it. By that time, I'll have been doing it for 25 years. So, <laughs> um, uh, so I just want um, people to be aware that there's no, so you need to pick the right implant system for you. That's what we're looking at. Okay. So what implant systems do I use? Um, uh, I use Southern a lot. Um, I mentor a lot of people who use uh, Prama. Um, and, you know, is once you understand implants, you can look at an implant system and you'll, you'll know from the connection type, from the macro design, from the thread design, how you're, you are supposed to perform the osteotomy. That's the level of knowledge that you should have, that you can look at the packet of, uh, of an implant and go, and unless it's kind of like some sort of weird design, you should be able to look at a packet of an implant and go, yeah, you know, what? I, I, I know what I should be feeling when, when I'm placing this in. You know, I know that th this will work really well in soft bone or this will work really well in hard bone or, you know, this, this, this connection is, is quite happy to be sunk a little bit deeper. This one isn't. And th this is the, these are the types of things that, that, that you need to actually look out for. Okay. So. Um, folks, uh, I will record another one again as soon as what I possibly can. Now, I know I normally say this and then I don't do it for ages, but do you, have you noticed it's only been about a week so far with this one? So I think I'm actually doing pretty, pr pretty well with this. Um, just before I sign off, I'm just going to make you aware that the Ultimate Implants Online course, the Essentials module is completed. And we're now on to recording the Advanced module. And I have delegates who have done other courses. I've got delegates who've done master's degrees. I have, good, I have delegates from Canada, America, New Zealand, Australia, Austria, all over the place. Um, and even on the essentials, they are learning a lot. And that's exactly what I wanted to achieve. So this has turned out to be a much, much bigger project than what I originally anticipated because I was expecting all three modules to be finished by now. And we've just finished module one, so I've got another two modules to go. But I made a commitment that I was going to teach all of my knowledge, everything that I've learned over the years, all the tips and tricks, and I'm not backing out from that knowledge. I don't care if it takes me another year or if it takes me another two years, however long, okay? My delegates are loving it. Even the experienced ones is they are learning a lot and that's what it comes down to. If you would like to join the Ultimate Implants online course from the Academy of Implant Excellence, please visit academyofimplantexcellence.com uh, and we have payment options where you can just sign up and, and, and pay monthly and uh, you'll, have, you'll have instant access to everything. For those of you who are listening in the UK who haven't started your implant journey yet, I've modified the, uh, what I'm offering at the moment. And very, very soon, within the next week or so, um, I will be offering just the essentials module and one day hands-on in your clinic 
with one of my uh, mentors where we will identify three to four implants that we will be placing in your clinic on your patients. So it's, it's a hands-on course. And more than anything, I'm looking to the trip to Cuba in a few weeks' time. That's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's uh, yeah, we're going to be on. I'm going to be on the beach a lot. That's that's going to happen. So, folks, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you could give us a like, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast, helping getting the word out is is very very uh, kind and it helps me out a lot. So thank you very very much. Thanks, folks. I will speak to you again soon. And I already know what I'm going to record for the next podcast. I'm going to keep it secret for next time for you. <laughs>